And that's when I knew. I took a picture. I actually have a picture of this connection. The foster Our foster daughter is looking up at Thomas, and she, like, has her hand almost on his face. And Willow's sleeping in his other arm. And I was sitting at the table. I think I was working. Um, and I took that picture because you can just see, like, in their eyes, like, the connection that they shared in that moment. And she, our foster daughter was brand new at that time. And I remember saying to myself, like, this is it. This is what we said yes to. And this is just a beautiful example of the gospel. And that's ultimately why we did it, to live out the gospel. And Thomas, do you want to talk more about that? Because I, I love when you talk about that. You give, like, a beautiful example of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, adoption uh, especially, but, you know, foster care as well is the beautiful picture of, the gospel of what was done for us. We yep. uh, were broken and alone and then brought in by a loving father, uh, adopted into the family, and given all the rights and privileges of uh, a biological, of a firstborn. You know, it's um, just a beautiful picture, and we always think about, you know, Jesus Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the UR Story Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Huff Jr. And uh, if you're listening, thank you so much for the support, the encouragement, your words of kindness. It's been a help, you know, for the past few weeks, just starting this whole thing up and hearing everybody's stories, hearing everybody's uh, experiences in life. It's just been a blessing and it's blessed me a lot. And you know, like I always say, our goal here is to our goal here is to bring about encouragement, growth, and bring people on to share their story, so that it can affirm the fact that you're not just a part of the story, but you are the story. And my mom was actually listening to the first episode, and you know, my mom's very big on logos, and you know, just seeing the message and how the logo relates to the brand or the ministry or whatever. And she was listening to the first episode and she looked at the logo and my mom's very much a perfectionist. So when she came up to me and said, so buddy, she calls me buddy. My family calls me buddy, by the way. But she was like, buddy, what about the what's what's up with this logo? And I was like, here we go. She's about to give me some criticism. She's about to say something. I'm about to feel bad about myself. But uh, she she mentioned how if you look at the logo on the bottom right of it, it says you are story, which is the name of this podcast, the name of this uh, ministry. And, you know, she was also saying that the circle that surrounds it is like an O and then there's the UR story. So in a way, if you read it all together, it's our story. And when she said that to me, it kind of just hit me a little bit because it just showed how intentional God is. And I didn't really put too much thought into the logo. I just wanted to get everything out as fast as possible. But just seeing how God is intentional about things, even when You may not put too much thought in it. If it's about the work of Christ, then God is going to do something great with it and be very intentional about it. So I just wanted to point that out. So if you look at the logo, think of it as our story and that that's the goal. So just seeing how God works through all that is special. But without further ado, I just want to introduce to y'all these special guests that I brought here today. Um, When I when I bring on guests, I like I was telling y'all before. I really like to bring people on that have had an impact in my life. And 
this this couple has really had a true impact in my life. They've brought me about so much encouragement. They've helped me in every aspect, you know, whether it was work, whether it was, you know, the church growing in leadership and the community and my family and everything. And I can truly and honestly say I really wouldn't be here without them. So without them, there would be like a piece of me missing. So without further ado, I introduce to y'all my friends, Thomas and Brittany. How are y'all doing? Good. Wow. Put a lot of pressure on us in the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, I think he's given us too much credit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> nah, it, nah, there, there's, like I said, y'all, y'all have had a huge impact on me and just, you know, seeing y'all and the blessing that y'all have been to me and the rest of my family, we talk about y'all all the time and it's just special seeing y'all and the love that y'all have for Christ and everything. And, you know, it, it's really helped me even with this podcast, just bringing y'all on it's something this episode is special to me so thank y'all for being on i know y'all are busy and you know y'all are doing the adulting thing so you know just being here it's it's really it really means a lot to me you know but how are y'all how are y'all doing doing fine yeah good. doing good we went on a date last night and that was pretty special that was cool because we don't get to do that as often as we'd like so that was fun mm-hmm. went to bonefish grill Oh, bacon, mac and cheese. That was the highlight of the night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It was really good. (laughs) That was good. Love some good mac and cheese. Okay, that's good. I've never been, so I'll definitely put that on my list. But, um, you know, let's get right to it. I don't want to waste any time. So something that I mention to everybody that I bring on is I like to remember when and how I met people. And, uh. With y'all, I was thinking about it, and unfortunately, I don't remember exactly when I met y'all, but I know that y'all used to sit at, like, the front right portion <laughs> of the sanctuary, yep. and y'all also always used to sit over there, and I always just used to see y'all when y'all were singing, and then, um, you know, throughout the sermons, and yeah, I, I don't remember exactly when and how. I was still young, I think, at the time, but the reason I try to remember when and how I met people is because I like to see how... Our relationship has grown since then and the things that have happened and things like that. And with y'all, you know, I've known y'all a few years. Well, nah, let me not say a few years. I feel like there's a certain amount of time where you can take the few out of the years and you can just say years. So I've known y'all for some years now and I've seen y'all throughout a lot. When I first met y'all, y'all were just fiancés. Y'all were just engaged to each other. And then next thing you know, y'all are married. Next thing you know, children so it's been it's been a minute you know so but this is about y'all right so it's not about when I met y'all it's about when y'all met each other so I'm curious how did y'all meet each other uh so (laughs) a lot of we've known each other for a long time um my family moved uh to the maiden North Carolina area and I was in like eighth grade, so my dad was a children's pastor at a local church, mm-hmm. and going to church there, I made friends with a guy named Michael, and uh, we started hanging out all the time. Uh, he's my best friend growing up, and uh, Brittany is his cousin, and they lived next door to each other. So whenever I would hang out with Michael, I'd get to see Brittany, um, and then she started coming to the youth group at our church as well. 
So yeah, and Michael and I were really close growing up because we lived next to each other. Um, we're pretty close in age, mm-hmm. so we were always super close. So then Michael brings Thomas around, and he's like, "Hey, this is my friend," and I'm like, "Okay, cool. Hey, Thomas, what's up?" And um, yeah, and then we they were like, I I was going to a different church at the time with my family, and they were like, "Yeah, our youth group is really cool." <laughs> And I was like, all right, I'll check it out, check it out. Started going, loved it. It was really cool. Um, Felt connected to a lot of people there. And Thomas and I were just, we were friends, nothing more. I don't know if you liked me, but I was like, (laughs) I was like maybe 12, I think. So boys was still kind of like, I don't know, maybe gross (laughs) at 12 years old. I don't know. It wasn't, we were just friends at the time. And Thomas was 14? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to continue, like, from there? Because it was then a year later, I don't even know, our friends at church was like, hey, Thomas Thomas likes you. And, <laughs> and no, I th- it was the opposite. <laughs> it was the opposite? Yeah. Oh, man. You and Kristen liked me. Oh, okay. And I had my pick. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. No, but no. <laughs> I found out Brittany liked me, and uh, I thought she was cute, so. <laughs> so we started dating, you know, as 13 and 15-year-olds do, dating. We yeah. held hands, and that was, that was our, <laughs> like, we didn't go on dates at that time. I don't even know how long we dated at that time. It wasn't long. I don't think. No. No. It wasn't even a year. I don't know. And then we broke up, and then we dated people in between, and then how did we get reconnected? We just, we stayed really close still. Yeah, we stayed really good friends. Yeah, like best friends. Yeah, we continued to hang out regularly and stuff. Like, we would always hang out together, me, Michael, and Thomas, And then Michael got a job at KFC. I remember now. Michael got a job at KFC, and he was working a lot. Um, And so we were like, oh, we had planned on going to the movies. Let's just you and I go then. And so then we started doing that. Like, oh, Michael can't make it. Like, let's go to dinner. And then we just started doing that more and more. And then people were like, oh, you guys are going to get married. And I was like, what? No. Thomas is my best friend. There's no way I'm going to ruin that. There's no way I'm going to marry him. No way. Around like what age range was that? Uh, 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. 15 years old. People were like, you guys are going to get married. I was like, nope. (laughs) No way. We're not going to. No way. And then how did we get back to, I don't know. Did you just tell me? I can't remember. We were yeah, out on the swing I mean, set. We're, we're sitting on the swing yeah, set. There's a lot house. more before that. I mean, I had to work hard <laughs> to win you over <laughs> and get you to date me. It was hard work. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was hard work. But she finally gave in. We're and, sitting uh, on the swing set outside yeah. my parents' house, and we were swinging. And I guess we were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's try it out. Yeah. 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 So that <laughs> was when you were 15 and I was yeah. 17. And then we didn't stop after that. Yeah. And we've been together since. Yep. 
it's been like it'll be 12 years in March that we've been together. Wow. Yeah. So I that that's amazing because I know I've heard a lot of stories about people that were together when they were younger and is would you say that that's like would you say that there's more success I guess when you've known each other for such a long time or is it kind of more difficult because there like y'all said there was that friendship and it was kind of hard to break that look past the friendship to you know dating would y'all say that it's a lot more difficult or easier because I know the foundation of a lot of relationships are it starts out as dating but for y'all y'all were saying it was kind of like a friendship at first Mm -hmm. would you say it's more difficult coming out of the friendship or more difficult when you start dating like a lot of people do if that makes sense Mm, that's a good question I I mean Thomas is still my best friend yeah Yeah. like we're still best friends yeah I mean it's uh, it's easier in a lot of ways. Um, you're more comfortable with each other from the beginning, and uh, you already have a good foundation and stuff. But I'm sure there's trade offs in a lot of areas as well. Uh, I can't really think of any though. <laughs> I I know that like for us, it was um really easy to date I would use the word easy because we already had tons of things in common um we already knew what each other liked we had favorite restaurants already at that time because we were best friends and so we would just go and do all of our favorite things Mm -hmm. um and so when we started dating it was just easier because it was like we were best friends but then we were like calling each other boyfriend girlfriend yeah yeah. So you, I you you were saying at the beginning it was kind of through Michael, right? Yeah. So did it get to the <laughs> did it get to the point where you were making excuses to hang out with Michael, but there was an underlying? Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <I> was, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Michael I, would get irritated because <laughs> I go over to Michael's house and tell Brittany to come over. <laughs> yeah, and he'd get irritated. And it was so funny. We would like build forts in the woods and. Thomas and Michael were always starting fires, always. Every time I turned around, there was a fire somewhere in the middle of the woods. Oh, man. Because we lived out in the country. <clears throat> um, and so there was a lot of woods, a lot of fires, <laughs> a lot of forts. <laughs> yeah, we built a lot of fires. Yeah. But, yeah, kind of going back to your question, yeah. Um, I I think um, to, um, I don't know, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay (laughs) so you know kind of going back as well you know both of your families are big into Christianity big into ministry as well um did that kind of I guess I know you were saying oh y'all are gonna get married did that kind of put some pressure on y'all to think about that at an early age considering both of your families were big into ministry Pressure to get married or pressure to be involved in the church? I guess a little bit of both to to not get married, but to at least like think about it, if that makes sense. Was it just something that was on your mind? Uh, Yeah, I mean, marriage was on my mind for sure. I I didn't feel like wasting time 
dating if it wasn't for a reason. Mm. So that was always the end game. Yeah, and there is like feelings of love, like something always special about Thomas. Um, that made me just want to spend forever with him. Yeah. At a very early age. I mean, it mm. was like. Yeah, there was always that connection with Brittany, too. Yeah. Just, yeah. There was a connection. That's it. Just feels yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. There was that connection. So I, we did talk about marriage pretty early on because mm-hmm. we both felt a connection to each other and love for one another. And we wanted to share that together for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad y'all said that because, and that that's what I was looking for because, um, it's in last week or the week before in our class that we usually meet in before church. Um, I, th- I forget who it was, but someone had a family member or a friend that was, um, I think they had Alzheimer's or something like that. Um, I feel bad for not remembering who, but um, yeah, it they were just in a really bad place and, you know, with the Alzheimer's and everything. And, you know, obviously that can put limitations on your speech and, you know, your thinking and things like that. But they said that they were still able to, you know, recite Bible verses and speak life and speak Christ. And what I, that instantly put on my mind was that, you know, when it comes to God, he's like an override button. So the reason I'm bringing that up is, you know, when you're surrounded by God fearing people early in your life and you have two people that come together when they're younger, even though they, even though y'all may not have been where y'all are now in terms of understanding of the Bible, understanding of your relationship with God and everything, God is kind of like an override button to where, like you were just saying, you kind of had a feeling, y'all kind of had a feeling. And I think that's an important thing to note, just how even at a young age, how God is able to still override the, I guess, innocence, I guess. And, uh, just bring those feelings about and help in that way. But yeah, like I said, y'all both growing up in the church and everything, how has being involved in the church impacted y'all's relationship early on and even now, would y'all say? Um, I mean, there, there were definitely, you know, challenges Being in a relationship, I guess, so young, that was serious and long-term, uh, and being in the church, um, we were kind of in this weird place, uh, like especially after I graduated high school, uh, and then when she graduated high school, where there wasn't really a place for us to fit in, because we weren't married, but... We were in a long-term committed relationship, um, and then other people our age were not, you know. So there's definitely a challenge in that way to feel connected. Um, And then, you know, just the normal teenage stuff that's going on and uh, all that. What do you think, Brittany? (laughs) That was a good answer. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, it was a difficult time for us trying to figure out where we belonged. Once we were out of our youth group, 
And we were like, okay, where do we kind of go from here? So we did like some small groups. We joined a college group and we tried to plug in in a lot of different ways. Um, And that was difficult because we were in a long-term relationship, but it's like we weren't married or engaged yet. So it was, it did um, bring about some challenges and maybe pressure at that time to get married. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. How would you say we navigated that? I don't, I don't know. We just did our thing. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I mean, we, we got connected in a lot of different ways. Like we um, had some like older married mentors in our lives that kind of helped guide us also. Um, yeah. Not all of them are that great. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So. No problem. Yeah, so as far as that um that preparation and stuff cuz it there even though like you were saying you were just kind of going with it uh there still takes some some I guess preparation in that whole process. So was there a lot of conversation that y'all had beforehand? Was there you know books that y'all may have read together? I know y'all were saying y'all did like Bible studies and stuff like that talking to people you know what what ways did y'all kind of put yourselves in a position to have the best relationship slash best marriage that y'all could have um i mean we focused a lot on our friendship enjoying time together we focused on communication uh sharing goals um we focus on – we were intentional um, about putting Christ um, first in um, the beginning of our relationship, like very early on, focused on doing that also. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to pin down because we were together for so long. I mean, we did a lot of yeah. stuff. We yeah. grew up together. Um, yeah. So most of the preparation was kind of natural. Yeah. Yeah, and like Thomas, even before we were dating, was already showing up to all the family stuff <laughs> because he was friends with my cousin and my whole family knew him. And so oh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, our whole family loves me, so. Yeah. Has <laughs> the house always been? Did they always love you, or was it kind of like, they, who is this guy? They, I think they loved him more than me. <laughs> <laughs> we always joked about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always had a good relationship with her whole family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was also like our parents had a huge influence on our relationship as well. Um, as far as like modeling marriage for us. Um, so I think all of those things in the Bible studies and the mentors of married couples that we had friendships with. You know, all of those things really helped prepped us, I guess, for marriage. We did marriage counseling. We read a lot of books together. We did devotions together. Um, I don't know if I can pinpoint, like, a favorite one. Yeah. Because we did a lot of different ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's many, many years of just organic growth together. You know, we, we naturally... Uh, grew closer together as we both grew individually. 
So yeah, yeah, and it, our first year of marriage was the hardest um, year. People always say that, but it was like extremely. Ch- it was really hard for a lot of different reasons. So like, as soon as we got married, all of like the easy everything that we were like, oh, yeah, like, let's prep for this. Like, everything we thought we knew was thrown out the window the first year of marriage (laughs) between, it was like, um, I can't even remember in what order, but it was like you got diagnosed with cancer, and then immediately after that you lost your job. No, I lost my job first. Oh, you lost your job first? I lost my job uh, a month after we got married. Yeah, a month. It was crazy. I remember we were sitting, it was our month anniversary, we're sitting in Olive Garden. Thomas was like, I hate my job. I hate it so much. And I was like, and we prayed at Olive Garden. I was like, God, like, lead us and guide us in this direction. Close doors if this is your will. And the very next day, he got fired. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then you got diagnosed with cancer soon after that. Um, yeah, after, a couple months after that. Yeah. yeah. So it was like our first year of marriage was really, really challenging. Mm-hmm. And it was scary for a lot of reasons. Yeah, but, you know, it it was good. You know, we stayed strong together and we, you know, trusted God and God continually provided for us. He um, did. I remember praying one month. I was like, God, I don't know how we're going to, like, pay for groceries this month. Because I was in college and I was working, but I wasn't making, like, that much money. And... um I remember praying, like, how are we going to pay for groceries? And then we were gifted a Walmart gift card, and we used that to pay for groceries. Yeah, it was good. And, you know, I, in between jobs, I uh, I did, uh, like, part-time work at the Baptist Association here in Charlotte, and I did some work with uh, Brad Hartwell. Yes, uh, yeah. With his friend, and we built some cabinets together. So God provided, you know, odd jobs and money and stuff. He did. Yeah. He provided every step of the way. And then I found my, my full-time job. Uh, Amen. While working at uh, Metrolina Baptist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Before we continue, Brad, if you're listening to this, I'd love to have you on here. All right? <laughs> Brad is a great guy. Love to have you on here. All right? Uh, but um, that that brings me to the next point, you know, with the struggles and everything. Um you know, it it can really, and like you were saying, it can definitely be, definitely be scary, especially with a day that is so important to you, which is marriage. And then, you know, it's like right off the jump, you know, all these things start happening. And, you know, for a lot of people, they can start wondering, you know, is this worth it and things like that. Um, but just about the, the struggles and everything, would y'all say having that foundation of, of many years of knowing each other and many years of growing with one another and seeing each other's flaws and successes and things like that. Like, like you were saying, you know, y'all essentially grew up together and part of growing up is the process, the ups and the downs, and you're able to see the ups and you're able to see the other person's flaws and things like that. Um, would y'all say that that foundation that y'all built was able to help you withstand and endure through all those struggles that happened during that tough year that y'all had after marriage. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, it it was never really, I mean, through it all, it was never really a question of 
our marriage or our relationship or anything like that. You know, it's just working through the the problems together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was different once we got married because it was like we were sharing finances and sharing space. And so all of those things were new and it was just learning to navigate all of those things. But yeah, definitely. I mean, we'd been through a lot together even before we were married. We were, we went through a lot together. Um, and some of like the lowest parts of our lives, like we were together and supported one another through all of that. And definitely Christ being the center of all of it. Um, that was really the foundation and um, what kept us going, I think, <laughs> yeah. and what has kept us here today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're comfortable talking about it, when you first found out about the being diagnosed with cancer and everything, how was that initial feeling? Um, so we didn't officially find out I had cancer until, um, after my surgery and my thyroid was removed um, Mm -hmm. because they did, you know, genetic testing and they took biopsies, but they came back inconclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was like a flag on it, a marker that indicated it could be. Yeah. So, I mean, the process was a lot of uncertainty. Um, and there was an option to like remove half my thyroid and have the nodules tested. And if it's cancerous, they'd have to do another surgery. And if it's not, I'd still have half a thyroid, but we just opted to go ahead and remove it all. And which is good because, you know, um, it ended up being cancerous. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of scary, just uh, the unknown is really scary. Yeah, yeah, I think it was definitely harder on Brittany than it was on me. Um, I mean, we both trusted God in the situation, but for me, I mean, I just felt like it was easy to hand it to God because there's nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no nothing I could do to change the situation. So things like that are easy when it's happening to you but when it's happening to someone you love it's a lot harder mm. yeah it was our first year of marriage and all of these things were happening and I was like what is happening <laughs> what is going on in our lives and I, there were times where I felt like a lot of peace um I just prayed so much I was like God just help me find peace help my soul find rest and peace in you and there were a lot of times I mean that was like a daily prayer of mine mm-hmm. um but it was definitely scary all the unknowns scary um and then even after that brought a lot of unknowns and scary parts um like if we were to if you were going to seek out um treatment uh, and part of that treatment would involve like potentially um being unable to have any kids in the future Mm -hmm. so that part was scary too and a lot of unknowns yeah and i mean in reference to that it it was kind of a blessing because we decided to go ahead and try and have kids uh, because the potential was there and technically still is there for uh, me to have to go through a radiation treatment, which could, you know, impact fertility. So we decided to go ahead and move forward with that. And so we have, have Willow now, mm-hmm. which is, which is a big blessing. 
Yeah. Thomas technically still has cancer. <laughs> technically. Yeah. I mean, we're technically not sure. Yeah. So. Nothing's growing, though. So. Yeah. Yep. Which is good. It's a blessing. We pray for often. So, yeah. Wow. You're making me get emotional. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it's definitely, um, I can definitely see how it could have been harder on you, Brittany, just because, you know, when they say the man and the woman come together, they become one. And so it's almost like a, and I, I say this about my mom, my grandmother, you know, a lot of the women in my life, you know, when it's like, and you may be able to t attest to this too, Tom, it's just like when women kind of have like this sense, right, where even though something may not be obvious, you can still kind of like sense that something's wrong. Like sometimes I get a text from my mom, hey, buddy, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. It's like they can kind of sense, you know. And but back to what I was saying, when man and woman come together, they become one. And, you know, when your partner is going through something, I can definitely see how it could is definitely difficult on the person that it's happening to. But someone who is just there supporting and there for them and there's not really too much you can do about it. I, I can definitely see how it can how it can be difficult. Um, but. Yeah, just that found like I, like I was saying earlier that foundation that y'all built and you know the trust and confidence that y'all had and still have in in God that's definitely what carries it through. You know, like they say it's cliche in Christianity, but you know every relationship has or every marriage has involves three people. You know, the man, the woman, and you know the Lord. So yeah, just that foundation, that solid rock that y'all have, that's definitely. A big factor in that and you know it's it's amazing you know just seeing y'all's trust and and faith in the lord through all of the struggles and everything like that but y'all mentioned a certain person a, a certain willow right mm -hmm. so crazy story so um this was around the time of covid um we weren't meeting at the church weekly we were still at home and everything and then, you know, nothing was really going on. Everything was just kind of like, oh, what a, like, this is weird. It feels weird not going anywhere. My hair was starting to grow. I'll show you all after. My hair <laughs> was growing crazy. I looked like a mess. I looked like <laughs> a caveman. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I tell people I had two afros, one that was grown on the top, and then it was grown out <laughs> on the sides as well. So I was like, oh, I look bad. Like, I, I'm, in a way, it's good that I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I think I asked you during that time if you were going to do the Gerald from Hey Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gerald, he's, if you don't know, Gerald is this, like, character from the show Hey Arnold, and he has this big, like, uh, afro, afro. Re yeah, rectangle <laughs> afro, like a flat top. Yeah. And it's like when you walk through the, you, you know how they used to have, like, the door stoppers? Yeah. And, like, you flick it and it goes back yeah. and forth. It's like, I walked, it's like, it's funny, because I was thinking about if I grew my hair that long and walk through a door you would just see it like going back and forth yeah. <laughs> i was hoping he would do it been awesome. <laughs> yeah but um yeah throughout that time i was just at home and i forget what day it was or when it i, I remember when it was because well it was a uh, two now but 
uh, I got a text from Thomas and it was you and Thomas and y'all were standing like under a tree or something like that and holding a sign that I think, I forget what the sign said, but uh, y'all were holding a sign pretty much uh, saying that y'all were, a baby was on the way. And I was like, what? No way. Like, not no way in, in the sense that, but no, <laughs> no way in like, oh, wow, like this like caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. I was so happy yeah. and, and things like that. And I was like, man, like this is, this is amazing because that's one, that's such a beautiful gift. That's one of the greatest gifts that you can get, which is a child. And, but two, just seeing people that I care about happy and them just receiving such a beautiful blessing that made me very happy. So, you know, when, (laughs) when y'all first found out, right. How was that like? reaction it's really funny so um so it actually took me a long time to get pregnant we had been trying for a long time we had a miscarriage and everything um it took a long time and so I ended up going to the doctor and everything and all this thing they put me on medication whatever and I went back to the doctor to check up and they were like Brittany you're you're pregnant and I was like no I'm not I didn't believe them <laughs> And so I remember, like, going to the store and buying pregnancy tests because I didn't believe the doctor still. And it said that I was pregnant, and I had no idea. I mean, I it took me a while to really believe it. And then Thomas came home. No, that's not the whole story about that. What? <laughs> no, I was working, and she had gone to the doctor. Oh and uh, Because she thought something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So... And she calls me when I'm on my lunch break, and she's acting all sad and stuff. And she tells me she needs me to come home. So I, like, got off work early and went home. I thought it was, thought there was something wrong. And uh, we were, she, like, went into our bedroom or whatever, and I was trying to talk to her, figure out. And she had to, like, point, like, three times. She had set up, like, a, like a little onesie. <laughs> and a pregnancy test on the bed. I didn't notice because I was just concerned about, like, what was wrong with her. And I kept crying because I was so, I was, like, yeah. surprised and I was happy and I couldn't believe it because it it did. It take, it took us, like, six months or more to, yeah. like, get pregnant. It took us a long time. So. Um, yeah. So it was a little white onesie with teddy bear faces <laughs> on it. Polar bears. Polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think the first initial reaction was there was a lot of shock. Um, There's just a lot of shock. And then also this, like, feeling I was scared because I had already had a miscarriage. And so I was scared that it would happen again. And because I was pregnant and didn't know it, I didn't know, like, how far along I was or anything. Like, they did mm-hmm. blood work at the doctor, but... I hadn't got the results yet. So I didn't even know how far along I was either mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. So excited, but really nervous and scared at the same time and shocked. <laughs> okay. I Yeah, I, I really wish I could see because if y'all don't know Thomas, Thomas is very like laid back. He's got like this nonchalant demeanor to him. Um, in some ways, I'm kind of the same way, but... Yeah, Thomas is very laid back. Thomas, he has like this very soothing voice. 
that just like is able to calm you down. Like if you're very like excited or or like nervous or like you're like blah blah blah. Thomas has this very this voice that's able to like calm you down. So I that the reason I asked for what was your initial reaction is because I it would just be funny to hear if you were like jumping around oh. and bouncing and nope. everything. No, I don't think I've <laughs> never seen that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I just smiled and I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> yeah. That's that was it. Like, oh, ha, 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 ha. are you serious? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it definitely wasn't in that tone, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my mind starts going over the implications. Yeah. So specifically, <laughs> why I don't like flip out over stuff because I'm too busy thinking about like how we're going to accomplish things. Yeah. Moving forward, I'm trying to think of a time I've ever seen you like really excited about something i don't know maybe when you got your motorcycle <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding uh, jk <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know it's kind of more of like my family's thing my family just kind of like processes internally mm-hmm. and our families are really different mm-hmm. like we can we can call Brittany's parents with news about something and they'll like scream on the phone and cry and then we'll tell my parents. They'll be excited, and they'll just be like, "All right, well, you cool." Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing. Yeah, we're there's not like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like the differences. Yeah. In personalities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I don't think I've ever seen you like super excited <laughs> about something. <laughs> I mean, I get excited about stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I just don't show it. Yeah, and he does this like thing, like excited. Oh. <laughs> it's really funny. Typically, to see. just when I'm beating people at strategy, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> funny. Yeah, you can tell I'm excited when I'm winning at strategy games. Yeah, and wow. which is almost a hundred percent of the time. And it aggravates me so bad um, because um, I sorry, there's a phone ringing. So yeah, that I, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Um, no, it, it, it aggravates me when he does that in a strategy game because I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive. So it aggravates me so bad that he gets really excited about those things that I'm like, really? And he's very, he's also very competitive. So when we play games like Catan or Ticket to Ride, Thomas always, you know, ends up winning because he's really good at strategy games. But, but then he gets mad if I win it's very bad like he just he doesn't really <laughs> he's just like okay whatever <laughs> yeah like when i beat him at uno i always beat him oh at uno. yeah that that's definitely one where gets, emotions can get high in uno yeah. it's aggravated if i win well, it's ridiculous yeah. because <laughs> it requires no strategy or skill it's just randomness <laughs> it does require strategy <laughs> yeah because britney cheats uh, no he says that because he doesn't like that um, I can actually beat him. <laughs> he doesn't like that, so he says I cheat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so with with that, right? Um, I guess when you found when you found out that you were pregnant with Willow, was that sort of like a breath of fresh air? Because you know, with you know everything involving uh, Thomas and the cancer and everything with the miscarriage, was that kind of like a okay, after everything that we've been through, this is like a breath of fresh fresh air. We're, you know, finally reaping 
what we've sown and all of that? Was that kind of a fit the feeling you got? Um, I'm sure there were times that I felt like that. I think finding out that I was pregnant just brought on like a n- another level of like uncertainty. Like, what is this going to look like? But yep. I, we, it was there. There was this huge part where we're like, "Thank you, God. Like, you answered our prayers." And I mean, just looking back, the timing of it all was so perfect. Yeah, you know, God orchestrates everything, and his it was just so perfect. Looking back, yeah, in every single way, and. Willow is a huge blessing um, to our lives. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I mean, we were excited, uh, uncertain. I mean, it's it's not something you can be really prepared for or know what to expect mm-hmm. until it happens to you. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, <laughs> you cannot prepare for nope. kids. Nope. <laughs> it's nothing. I don't know. Nope. It's hard. I don't remember the first two weeks. Yeah. After like she was born. It was like a blur. Yeah. And it really changed the dynamics of our marriage a lot when Willow came into our lives. Um, just because, like, lack of sleep. Um, it took a long time for my body to heal. Like, you know, and so it was really hard. And then, you know, we were to- so out of our routine. Mm-hmm. And then... Willow had a lot of needs, you know, as babies do. Yeah. So. Yeah, and she had extra stuff going on. Yeah, there she had a lot of extra needs. Yeah, like a tongue tie and dairy allergy. And yeah. All that. So that there was like some medical stuff going on that added additional stress, um, and like uncertainty, um, but yeah, so it definitely changed the dynamics of our marriage a ton when Willow was born. It was really. Um, I think we're still trying to navigate it. (laughs) You know, like having a relationship with kids is just this thing that we're still trying to navigate now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So moving moving forward, um, y'all both are now involved in the foster parenting system and y'all are both foster parents. Um, Just kind of dive into that process and what, led to that decision to do that and also uh just for anybody who doesn't know including myself kind of what foster parenting really is yeah so we talked about it before we we're married um yeah. fostering adoption was always something that we both felt god was calling us to separately and then together as we got married so it was always like a topic of conversation even before we were married. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we got married and all this crazy stuff happened. And then we started talking about kids and we attended some like foster information <laughs> meetings. I was actually pregnant when we went to one of those meetings and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so then when we found out Will was born, we just took a pause on it. Um, they typically recommend that you don't go through the process if you are expecting, um, just because you're going through a lot of changes and things like that. So we just put a pause on it. And then we started back when Willow was like five months old, four months old, maybe. We started back the process. Yeah, she was born in November, and then we started our, uh, they called a MAP class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started in May. Yeah. But there, I mean, we had to do a ton of stuff before the MAP class. Yeah. 
um, like just preparing for the class. And then after the MAP class, then um, that's when you get certified. So we did a couple respites, and then we got a foster daughter. She's three, and we've had her for over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, we love her so much. Yeah, she's great. And her and Willow are true sisters. Mm-hmm. They love each other, and they care about each other, and they hurt each other. Yeah. <laughs> They're 10 <laughs> months they, apart. They're 10 months apart, yeah. So Willow <laughs> was eight months old when our foster daughter came to be with us and she was 18 months old yeah so i mean it's kind of it's kind of crazy um you know we'd only been parents for eight months and we had an eight month old yeah. i don't know what we were an 18 thinking. month old <laughs> <laughs> gets brought to us and uh <laughs> uh our foster daughter is uh you know older than our biological daughter but we had our biological daughter first so it's a weird dynamic yeah in that way um because willow's our first and right now she's also our youngest yeah it was i like looking back i'm like oh my goodness what did we say yes to (laughs) it's so crazy and god was just so amazing through all of it just calling us to foster care i mean we just felt this deep calling I don't even know and we just prayed about it and God was like boom it was just like opportunity after opportunity um we we went through the process fairly quickly and um especially when we did the respite care we had a six and eight year old I think yeah and that was whoo it was so crazy siblings (laughs) so stressful yeah and respite care if you're listening you don't know it's when you temporarily take foster kids from the foster family so they can get a break. Yeah. Uh, so we had them for two weeks over summer. Yeah, and uh, that was really challenging. Yeah. And Definitely confirm that we didn't want a sibling group first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, it was just, like, just really challenging. Um, and then, I don't know, when our foster daughter, when we got the call... I called Thomas and I was like, this is it. This is it. Are we going to say yes? Yeah. And it was the best yes. Yeah. Since we had been married, it was the best yes that we had said. Yeah, she came, yes to. She came to us, you know, a couple of days after that. And uh, it's really cool. I mean, she immediately connected with me especially. Um, Most definitely. She'd had a lot, of, a lot of women in her life, but she hadn't had any male figures in her life so she she connected with me pretty much instantly um, which is surprising yeah Um, and that's when I knew I took a picture I actually have a picture of this connection the foster our foster daughter is looking up at Thomas and she like has her hand almost on his face and Willow's sleeping in his other arm and I was sitting at the table I think I was working um and I took that picture because you can just see, like, in their eyes, like, the connection that they shared in that moment. And our foster daughter was brand new at that time. And I remember saying to myself, like, this is it. This is what we said yes to. And this is just a beautiful example of the gospel. And that's ultimately why we did it, to live out the gospel. And, Thomas, do you want to talk more about that? Because I love when you talk about that. You give, like, a beautiful example of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
I mean, adoption, uh, especially, but you know, foster care as well is the beautiful picture of the gospel of what was done for us. We, yep. uh, were broken and alone and then brought in by a loving father, uh, adopted into the family and given all the rights and privileges of, uh, a biological of a firstborn, you know, it's, um, just a beautiful picture, and we always think about, you know, Jesus being with the least of them, and what you do to the least of these is what you've done for me, and um, we don't really feel like being there for the orphan and the needy is optional. We don't feel like it's optional, especially not for us. Yeah. Uh, we feel directly called to be a part of that. Um we feel that that's what God's called us to do. Um, and it's beautiful and it's challenging and um, it's just a constant reminder of uh, the greatness of our God. Yeah. And the whole purpose of foster care is reunification. And so um, it's a blessing and has a lot of challenging challenges also in the process, because with reunification, you have to work with the families, the people involved, and, um, you know, that's that's hard sometimes to have that relationship and to, um, you know, we're just living out the gospel and um, showing Christ in everything that we do and that sharing, you know, we're broken we're wa- we walk through this together. God comes before us. He walks with us. And, yeah. um, I mean, you never know how long you're going to have a foster child for. You never know, long, know how long your impact's going to be. But, you know, you just do your best to take advantage of that time and impact them um, the most you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, especially with exposing them to uh, Jesus and um, the endless relationship you can have with him no matter where you are. Yeah. You know, teaching them their value as uh, God's creation, as human beings, the imago Dei, the image of God's on them, and they have innate value that nobody can take away, regardless of the situation they're in. Yeah, and I always went through this process that, like, oh, well, we're going to impact families and kids, and, like, really, I've been impacted by all of it so much. Like, I've been blessed through this process through our foster daughter. She has taught me so much. Her mom has taught me so much about this beautiful process. And um, I have learned and I have grown because of foster care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's special because I heard somebody say this not too long ago on another podcast and it it was specifically geared towards um, the husband, but I think it can be true for the wife and mother as well is that, you know, you never really, I guess, I don't want to say never, but you can truly find out who you really are once you become a husband, once you become a wife and once you become a parent. Cause I always tell my brothers this too. They've taught me, and this is, I've had some great teachers in my life. I've had some great people in my life. 
but my brothers have taught me more about myself than anybody else on the planet or anybody else that's ever been in my life because their existence literally forces and gives me the motivation to be the best person that I can be, be the best brother that I can be, even though our father is in our lives. Um, you know, I still want to be like a father figure to them as well and just help grow them into young godly men. And without them, I tell them all the time, like they, and I said this on a few of the other episodes too, like they literally saved my life, whether they realize it or not. And literally their existence has given me the motivation to dive into the word, to embrace the identity that God gave me. Like he told Jeremiah, I chose you even when you're, I know I messed that, I messed it up so much, but to pretty much <laughs> God. So Jeremiah, I chose you even before you were in your mother's womb. And, you know, I just there, them being there for me and there, them looking up to me gives me, I guess, a motivation to be the best person that I can be, be the best Christian man that I can be, make sure that I'm walking in the identity that Christ has given me every day. And while y'all were talking that, I feel like, and y'all know the term divine intervention. I feel like there was just a divine intervention like moment in what y'all were both saying. Uh, I try to have a name for each episode and the name was just given to me for this episode. I'm gonna call it the gift that keeps on giving because the greatest gift that we have all received is the gift of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And he's the gift that keeps on giving. He's constantly giving us the things and he's given y'all both a, a beautiful daughter and a beautiful foster daughter as well to just take care of. And he's allowed y'all and everything that y'all have been through to help y'all grow into who y'all are. And the first episode was called no better time than now. The first episode was called no better time than now. And I feel that God allowed y'all to go through everything that y'all went through so that now that y'all are at the point where there was no better time than now for y'all to take on that gift that he gave you and Willow and the gift he gave you and uh, your foster daughter as well. And, you know, just seeing the impact that they've had in y'all's lives and the growth that they've had, the growth that they've allowed y'all to grow. And like I was saying before, just seeing, just becoming who God has purposed you to be, which is the people that you are and the parents that you are, the husband and wife that you are. It's just amazing to see. And it really is inspiring. And, you know, for anybody out there who has a calling on them or feels like they've been chosen to take in a foster child or to adopt a child, you know, if you feel that calling, I encourage you to just do it because I don't think that it's there for no reason. I feel like, you know, God called both of you to do that. And y'all said it was something that y'all were talking about even before marriage. So just the fact that that was always on your heart and how God has just carried y'all through it. I think it's very intentional on him by putting that within y'all to just do it and to see that y'all are both doing such a great job in it and just the, the effort that y'all are putting in the devotion that y'all are devoting to them and just the instilling good traits in them at a very early age that'll help them in life as well. And I know you were saying, you know, the thing about with the foster care system is that, you know, there's no 
guarantee that, you know, the timetable or how long they're going to be with you and stuff like that. But, you know, that reminded me of this story. Um, me and Adam or in some of the other youth group, I don't know if y'all were here at the church yet, but it was when we used to go on these radius camps and we went to one in Nashville, Tennessee, and we were helping out in this community. Um, a lot of low income families and things like that, families that were struggling and things like that. But uh, me and Adam, there was this one kid who <laughs> he was a pretty bad kid. He would use some choice words. He would uh, he called me. He called Adam Bigfoot and he called me butt face or something like that. Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, where do you get those names from, uh, young man? Very creative. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about it and one of the difficult things about those radius camps was, you know, when you would go there, you were only there for a week and you would be involved in these kids lives for a week. And then just, you know, going back home and not knowing if you're ever going to see him again, that's a difficult thing. But that kid throughout the week, he would like every time me and Adam would go, he would always come to us and always be happy. And, you know, one thing that I take away from that is even though the kid may not even remember me or Adam or remember anything, you know, when, when he was there, all the other kids were playing in an area and he was kind of by himself unless me and Adam were there. Once me and Adam came, then he would have people to talk to. And so even though he would call us butt face and Bigfoot and stuff like that, you know, I walk proudly saying I'm probably the only butt face he's ever known in his <laughs> life. You know, maybe he there were maybe that's what he needed to help him find that motivation to, you know, I don't know, but. Even with the theme of this podcast, you are story. Um, I, I released a video before, and I, I don't. I apologize for going so long on this, but um, I released a video before launching this podcast, and I was talking about the Book of Esther and how it's one of the books where God's. In some translations, I don't think God's name is mentioned in that book, but you can see His hand working through every single page, every chapter every word in between the lines and you could see how he's preparing this woman to be the queen and putting her in positions, putting her uncle Mordecai cousin Mordecai in positions, Haman in positions and working all of that out and just having that divine intervention and carrying out that whole process. And even though you God's name isn't necessarily in that book or in some translations, it's not, you can still see his work in it. And so with the going back to the foster care system, you know, even though you may not, there's a chance you may not always, they may not always be with you for the rest of their lives. The impact is always going to be there. So I just applaud y'all for just accepting that calling and just having an impact, not only for the young individual, or the, uh, the foster child that's with you, your daughter, but just impacting many other couples who may be in a position where they don't know if they should accept that calling or not. And just seeing y'all have the strength to do that. I think that I think it's going to move somebody to just accept that calling. So on behalf of everybody, I want to say thank you. Thank you to both of y'all for, for doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's needed. So if you're thinking about it, 
reach out and ask questions. You should, you know, feel confident that you're needed. Um, there's not enough foster parents. There's kids that have to stay at DSS for days because uh, there's nowhere for them to go. Um, there's always need for foster parents, and there's always need for respite care if you don't want to be full-time foster parents. Um, and you're called to it. It's in the Bible. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, if mean, you're a Christian, you are called to it. You're called to <laughs> participate in it for sure in yeah. some capacity. Um, you know, we, we as Christians against but we really need to know we really need to focus on what we're for and what we're for is um, human flourishing and um, taking care of the orphan and the widow and uh, we don't need to just talk about it we need to do it definitely yeah so again thank y'all for doing that it is a true inspiration and motivation and for anybody even those who may not feel called to, you know, um, take in a, a foster child, just seeing that relationship and that, um, that parallel, like you were saying earlier with the gospel, I think that can help everybody in every aspect of their walk in faith and things like that. Um, but just to take it back a little bit, going back to y'all too, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I did want to ask y'all this. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of, especially in society today, there's a lot of controversy or topics or conversation around what it means, the definition of what a husband is and the definition of what a wife is. So I'm curious from both of y'all, what would y'all say is the real meaning of being a husband and what would you say is the real meaning of being a wife? I'll let Thomas go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> marriage is uh, a covenant. It's an agreement. Yep. Um, it's not, I mean, marriage makes you happy, but it's not about being happy. Um, marriage is dedication, um, saying this is what we're going to do. We're going to be together. We're going to do life together. Um, you know, being a husband is is being a partner, an encourager, a protector, um, protecting uh, not just physically, but, you know, emotionally and mentally and, you know, protecting your wife's heart uh, and being there no matter what being there no matter what and sticking through it. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy nowadays to just say, uh, well, this isn't making me happy or uh, it's not convenient and there's difficulties, but it's, it's a commitment. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, it's a commitment to each other. Um, and we as Christians, uh, the origin of marriage, you know, we, it's, between, it's, it's between us and God. So um, we're saying, you know, God, we're honoring you and we're doing life together and we're going to live our lives for you. We're going to raise our kids for you and we're going to do it together. Yeah. Uh, the term wife, um, what comes to mind is 
being supportive and encouraging and nurturing, listening to understand. Um, those are like the few things that pop into my mind. Um, you know, and as a Christian, it's, you know, praying for and with your partner, being a team, um, those types of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause the reason I asked that is because, and me and you have had a conversation about this a little while ago, or at least I was telling you that I'm in a point, I started studying the Bible a lot differently than I used to. Um, you know, and pretty much what I was talking with Thomas about was, you know, the way I kind of study the Bible now, I kind of try to just instead of doing like a whole chapter or a whole book, I'll just take it like a verse at a time and I'll try to take that verse and dissect it and just read it intentionally instead of just reading it to get my God godliness of the day and then be like, okay, I'm done. And, you know, the way I do it is I, I try and like emphasize each word in the verse. So let's say, for example, like for God so loved the world, you know, instead of just being like, oh, for God so loved the world, John three 16, I'll be like, okay, so for God so loved the world. So when I say it like that, that makes God the focus of that verse. And then I'll, okay, what does God have to do with this verse and things like that? And then I would read it again and be like, for God so loved the world. And so now the word loved is the focus of the verse. So now I see how love is relevant in the verse and things like that and relevant in my life and what God is trying to tell me. Um, and so the reason I was asking y'all about the husband and wife thing was because there's that verse where it says um, the man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And when I was reading that, you know, it, it made me think because, you know, it says a man who finds a, a wife, Right. And so with me, I'm a I'm a single man. I'm a single man. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm a single man. But <laughs> for for me, it that's made me kind of go about my search for a partner in a different way. Because um, it says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. So it's definitely can be intimidating to some people when they hear that, because I tell people now I'm trying to find a wife. I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm not looking for even a fiance. I'm looking for a wife. And that means that obviously people can grow and things like that, but I still kind of want to see, you know, the tendencies and the characteristics of a wife. And then I'll be like, okay, let's, explore let's find out more but that also puts responsibility on the man too because how can you find a wife if you're not a husband first mm -hmm. and the way i look at it it's kind of parallel to baptism you know the bible tells us jesus tells us this is what eternal life is to know christ right to know the father and you don't come to know the father when you get dumped in the water and you're baptized you come to know the father beforehand and baptism is just like that public expression of, okay, I'm a Christian and letting everybody know and stuff like that. And so when I think of marriage, and the reason I asked y'all that is because do y'all feel that, and we're going to go a little close to the end, but I'll end on this. Do y'all feel that, you know, and obviously y'all were young, but do y'all feel that throughout that process, you felt yourself becoming 
what a husband, a godly man, a godly husband, did you feel yourself becoming a godly wife? And is that something that y'all thought about before making that ultimate commitment and letting the world know, okay, we're together, we're becoming one, we are married? Um, yeah, I mean, you always strive to improve yourself, um, to be worthy of your partner, to, um, yeah, I mean, I I thought about what it would mean to be a good husband, uh, what qualities and, you know, the things that I have to work on and grow in, um, and, you look for those qualities in your partner too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that some in uh, marriage counseling um, before we got married, you know, um, and supporting one another. Like what, what qualities do we have? How can we support one another through those things? Like what strengths has God given us that complements our partner? And how can we use that to glorify God? How can we use our gifts that God has given us to glorify God and and to um, like sub- in support of our partner? Um, we did a bunch of things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Me and Brittany complement each other in a lot of ways too. Yeah, which is good. Um, she's much better with people than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am a counselor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's much better at. Social interaction and interaction in general than I am. <laughs> yeah. So she helps me in that way. And, um, you know, a wife is a good wife when she calls out your BS. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a good wife keeps you in line. Because, you know, we men need that. Because we're, uh, we're just like kids at heart. The wife's got to force you to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> and that kid at heart, though, is, like, helpful, too, because sometimes I feel that I am really um, sometimes too serious. And Thomas brings in um, – he's, he's funny. You may not know that or not, but he can be funny. <laughs> 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 he brings humor to the situation sometimes where it's needed and that's really important too because I have to be reminded like you're right yeah humor is a good thing (laughs) but yeah definitely we did all that stuff in marriage counseling um and I think it's something that we continue to strive to do you know um yeah it's a lifelong process yeah, yeah definitely. There's never just, like, just like your salvation, man. You got to work yeah. it out. Yeah. You got to work it out and grow and fall down and get back up and just keep going on. Keep going on. You know, it's a commitment, like I was saying. It's a commitment to stay together and keep going together even when, um, even when we both sometimes suck. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's life. Yeah. 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 Like they say in the vows, uh, in sickness and in health and that covenant, that commitment, you know, you're making that commitment through all of that. So, you know, again, y'all have just 
done such an awesome job just being who you are and just living in the identities that Christ has given y'all and being the great friends, being the great, you know, parents, being the great uh, couple and just everything and involving that. And, you know, I, I, I truly think that, you know, y'all don't even realize yet the impact that y'all are going to have on this world. So again, just keep doing what y'all are doing. Y'all are a great inspiration to me. I can, every, everybody that talks about y'all from my family to other members of the church, they always say good things about y'all. So that's just a testament to who y'all are. And, you know, it's a blessing to, to know y'all. So again, thank y'all for everything. Um, Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for gracing this platform with your presence, with your voices. Um, yeah, thank you, brother. I mean, yeah, uh, you're an inspiration to me as well. Um, just witnessing your growth over the last however many years I've known you, like four or five or whatever. Yeah. How, it's just incredible. And, you know, you've, you've grown into a man and you're expanding your skills and, um, just great to see and i'm proud of you and i love you and um you're an inspiration to me appreciate that yeah i i uh real quick i remember you you used to <laughs> have to force try to force me to teach the class the the young adult class <laughs> a while ago a few uh years ago but man yeah just that's why i say like i like remembering when and how i met people because just seeing that progression and seeing the growth and everything it's it's an amazing thing and you know, I know this this episode is definitely going to touch somebody. And even if it only touches one person, that's a success. So, again, thank you all for being here. It's truly, like I said, you know, thank you all for gracing this platform with your presence, with your voices. And hopefully this this hits a lot of people's ears and they can just hear and see the, the man and woman of God that you all are and, you know, just impact impact lives and the significance of that and everything but again thank y'all uh if you're listening thank you for tuning in thank you for listening to this um need all the support that we can get here you know this is just the beginning and we're working towards something special so i really feel like god is gonna take this and just bless so many people bless so many ears and bless so many hearts so again please continue tuning in um we have our streaming services, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's UR Story, the letter U, the letter R, and then Story. Go ahead and listen to those. If you want to be extra supportive, if you feel extra generous, please leave a review of a rating of five stars and leave a review. I'd love to hear what y'all think about the podcast, how it's impacted your lives, and you know, just feel that encouragement as well. Uh, there's also the YouTube channel. Uh, please subscribe. Turn on the post notifications, like the video. Again, it'll just be a great encouragement. It'll help to put this platform in the algorithm and just share it to many more people and put it in the hands of many more people in the ears of many people as well. Uh, Google Podcast is currently having some issues. I don't have no idea what's going on, but I'm working on it and I'll let y'all know when that gets resolved and when that gets fixed. But again, just all the support we can get here, it'll just help out greatly and help put this platform in the hands of many people and, you know, bless many lives. i truly feel like God is doing something special here. And, you know, this is a work that he's put on my heart. And, you know, I, 
you know, I feel like God is guiding it in the right direction. So thank you again for tuning in. Thank y'all again for being here. And we will see y'all next time. Peace. Later. Thanks. Oh. Oh.